This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, good evening, everybody, and good evening to uh, the, uh, the the masters of the podcast. So, Dan, Andy, how are you doing? Both you okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah, well, I say good, all things considering, you know. Not letting Stoke's uh, poor performances and results grind me down too much. <laughs> yeah, give it time. Uh, no, good, good to hear, mate. Good to hear. Um, Andy, uh, you, you're back again. I've noticed. Yeah, I'm back again. Positive news. I'm back to work next week, so at least I can start earning some proper money again. Are you going to be a proper lifeguard? Are you going to be one of them that just sits by the side? I can't even sit down at work. They don't have any chairs, so I might might hop on queue line. But you know, we'll see how I go. Okay, well, good to see you back, mate. I'm sure it'd be nice to earn some money again. So, good on you. Um, right, okay, let's get straight into this, shall we? Um, hmm, yeah, didn't quite go to plan at the weekend, did it? So, Sunderland, unfortunately, defeated us. Uh, we, I mean, I, I don't know where to start with this. I'm going to be honest, boys. I mean, I'll I, I tell you what, I do know where I'm going to start with this. I'm going to start with a bit of a rant. So, I'm going to sit now and take a, te- a very deep breath and get this out um and feel free to jump in if you want to jump in so i started making some notes on what i thought about the game and it just turned into war and peace so basically i said the other week on this pod and i said it to you boys privately as well that basically the next two home games for me were really really important matches um it's you know matches for getting us back on track in terms of obviously the table and, and bits like that um and also for michael to get some credit in the bank because um as we all know he hasn't got much for a lot of fans and uh, two things for me that simply did not happen so firstly let me just take it back a little bit further than this because it's still relevant so let's not sit here and pretend that we did not commit daylight robbery on middlesbrough um, in the week where we got where we absolutely stole a point anyone who saw that knows that we should never have got a thing out of it uh, I think we kind of said things to, to that extent on, on the previous pod but it was as bad as I can remember for some time we scored a goal that yeah should, was disallowed well should have been disallowed rather um, again we'll take it considering how many goals we've had disallowed but you know once again that started things we stole a point and then we went to Sunderland first half 
Not bad at all. Um, you know, poor defending and poor goalkeeping were to blame for that goal. Um, these things happen, but we can't get away from the fact that this was a dreadfully inept performance. It was poor beyond belief. So, yeah, Sunderland should have scored more. Time and time again, the ball gets played long over the top and it causes us problems. It did it numerous times last season. Um, so this ain't anything new. You know, We're not learning something new here. Um, you know, We've ended up with a point instead of six, which, like I said, is, for me, is it, it just feels like two losses, to be honest, boys. It really does. Um, I mean, the owners, I'm sure, cannot be sitting there and thinking that this right now is acceptable. Yes, Dan, I know the first thing you're going to say to me is injuries are happening. And absolutely, it is a big part of why we're struggling. Um, but for me, I, there's, there's got to be a cutoff point where enough's enough uh, for the owners. Now, for me as well, Dan, we need to go back to basics. I don't care if it makes us boring. I don't care if it makes us really wooden in how we play. But we need to get that defence solid and build the way forward. If that means playing the likes of Morgan Fox at left back and going to a flat back four and just being a bit boring for a while, so be it. But, you know, you, if he's not got the players to change his formation, firstly, that's an issue. Um, but we've got to make ourselves hard to beat again. And we can revert back to his wing back style um, when effectively when we got the players to do so. You know, at the end of the day, we spoke in uh, last pod about how many players we've got out injured. You know, four weeks here, two months there. You know, if we let this carry on to the point where we just keep losing and losing and losing, by the time those players are back, we're solidly in the bottom three. And it's then going to cause major issues. So for me, just to kind of finalise my little rant, personally, for the first time, I've got a leg and half an arm in the Mon out camp at this point. Um, there's a lot of work to do. I don't know how much time he's going to get given, but he either needs to stop being stubborn and play a formation, whatever it is, to get some points on the board, or he'll be gone before he even gets a chance to get these players back. End of rant. You can both chip in. I can't really disagree with you. Like, we weren't bad in the first half against Sunderland, but yet again, the defence let us down with the way that they counted over the top. Bursic should be saving that. He did get a hand to it, but he's got to have a stronger hand to it. And, yeah, you know, second half, just like against Middlesbrough, we just collapsed and we couldn't put anything right. And yes, we had one or two chances here and there, but the back five, the wing backs don't work especially when you're playing a left winger at right wing back and a central midfielder at left wing back. Either play a right mid and a left midfielder where, you know, for example, Smallbone can play right midfield, Fosu can play left midfield and you keep a back three, or like you say, go to a four at the back. Yeah, I mean, how how, how is it that, I mean, I might, I might have missed something here and he might have been injured for some random reason I've just missed, but how is it that we've got a centre midfielder chipping in at left wing back? in Thompson. I like Thompson. I think he could be a solid, you know, central midfielder. But if is Morgan Fox that bad? And the answer may be yes. But <laughs> is Morgan Fox that bad that we are now resorting to a centre midfielder who used to play at left wing back? Um is that is that really where we are? Because it's one of them where Fox is a left wing back. 
So I don't know why we're not playing him there. Worst case scenario, play Fosu on his preferred left side and stick to Haney in at right wing back. I don't care how much we've said, you know, well, he hasn't performed. He'd do a better job than some of those players out there at the moment. He's he's naturally on that side, isn't he? That's the thing with that. Um, I mean, Chris, I wouldn't even be opposed to playing Wilmot there if needs be, but it just feels like he doesn't... I mean, again, injuries... uh, I know injuries are are a focal point, but, you know, every team gets injuries. Yes, we've added to central positions, but he's got to find a way of getting points, regardless of what injuries he's got. It, you know, it, it can't keep going with this. And Dan, I'm going to let you chip in now, mate. But just to point out something, I think it was Stokey Tom or something on, on Twitter. And I think this came from the Oatcake fanzine, actually. And I'm, I know pretty much most people listening to this now have, have done this. But so this came up in here. Um, so I haven't fact checked this, but I, I think from people's comments, it looks like it's accurate. So it says here, the only teams with fewer points than us since QPR game last December are Reading and Birmingham. Everyone's pre-season tips for the bottom two places. Even Derby have got more championship points since then. We've got 35 points from 33 games. You don't need any particular insight to see where this is going unless something is done. Play 33, won nine, drawn eight, lost 16, points in total, 35. Regardless of where we are, mate, that is a pretty horrendous record. Looking back, uh, yeah, it is. It's it sort of verges on in, indefensible, undefensible. Um, yeah, you are right, and I do sort of think about injuries. I mean, I, I put something out the other day. Uh, you know that our three key players, you would say, over the past three years, three players who have influenced games, uh, affected games in a positive way for us in defence and in attack is Harry Souter, Nick Powell, Tyrese Campbell. I think you could probably throw Josh Tarman in there, probably Jacob Brown, but for actual like being there and being able to change a game on their own, so to, do you know what I mean? Or have an influence just on by just by themselves playing. I think it's Campbell, Powell and Souter. And the last time those three were all available for a game is like November 2020. You think that near enough two years? It probably will be hitting on two years by the time that Suter's back and Powell's back. And I think it's interesting as well. You think how many of them, it's not even that one's been missed. And I bet you for a lot of them games, if one to work out that the two of the three would be out. And I would, you just wonder, like, how would other clubs survive this? We are, we're in the championship. We're not. We are really struggling financially. We haven't got the ability to have two squads, you know, with two two Tyrese Campbells in there, two Nick Powells, two Harry Suters, just in case one gets injured, we can bring another one in. We we haven't got that luxury. Um, however, what I will say is that the formation. Is killing the manager, let's be honest. Yeah, it's virgin on stubbornness now that he's still playing it. And I really want him to succeed. Um, I think if we if he can ride out until we get time and uh, hopefully Suter comes back, I'm 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 looking and hoping that obviously Tyrese took a long time to sort of get himself back from that, that same injury, didn't he? He really yeah. struggled when he came back. But he is an explosive player. He relies on that burst of energy, that burst of speed, doesn't he, to, to get by. 
and you think Harry Suter is obviously a different type of player. Although he's, he's quite quick across the ground, especially for somebody six foot seven, his game isn't based on that explosiveness, is it? And that two, three yard dash. So you just hope that it wouldn't have such an effect on him when he comes back initially, and you might be able to you know, slot back in. Yeah. But let's face it, even if he's the third of the player he was before the injury to start off with, um, he's still going to be better than what we've got out there right now. Yeah, he is, mate. And, you know, we mentioned the next five or six games just earlier on. And um, let's let's just very quickly just run through these quickly. So we've got, we've got Blackburn uh, away, Swansea at home, Reading away, Luton at home, away to Hull um, and away to QPR. So those are the next kind of six. Okay, I haven't counted, but I think that's about six. So that's about six games away. Now, you look at those games, and we're not going to go through exactly each individual one, but he has got to win more than he loses there, or he's in serious trouble, because we'll be down towards the bottom. And after that, we're at home to Watford, away to Burnley, home to Sheffield United. And obviously then we have a few more easier runs uh, from there. But those next three games, there. Will we get anything out of them? At the minute, you would question it seriously whether we will. So we cannot afford to lose the majority of these next six going into them three games for me. If if he's still in a job, then he will not be in a job by the end of them three. That's that's my prediction, hundred percent. No, I think yeah, like like you said there, he, they need victories, don't they? That's that's yeah. what they need. They need wins, however they come. Yeah, however they come, and. He's sort of backed himself into a corner because obviously he said, Anti, that um, he doesn't, you know, oh, we've, we haven't got the players to play a back four. But, you know, if we switch to a back four, we've, we've got just the same problems as if we play this three at the back. And yeah, I think as well, when you are saying with wing backs, just I'll go back to my point in a second, but when you're saying about Jordan Thompson, we are sort of playing with five midfielders rather than five defenders this year. So he is sort of playing on the left of, of midfield, isn't he? Um, but... In attacking moments, yeah, but in defending moments, it switches to a five. So we then go to five at the back. Yeah, I think of all the midfielders we've got, he's the most comfortable one in, in defending positions. Morgan Fox, is, is he a left? I know you said just he's not. Well, he's a left, left back, isn't he? He's, he's a left back, but either we way, he's him used to play. Wednesday as a left wing back. We then I used think, him as a left back, and then we've used him as a cent- as a left sided centre back. Yeah, I think. Well, I thought he had the attributes to be a left centre back. It doesn't appear he does <laughs> from his performances there. Um, I still think if we were playing a flat left back, he would be an option, especially if he had say Josh Timing in front of him playing left wing, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. in like a, a four three three. Um, or four four two if we we were to go really old school. Um, you but... won't mention a certain manager who would go four three two four four two if he came in. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're quite that desperate, are we? To us, not yet. As much as I like him, but no, 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 we're not. It's it's, it's more four four one one actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> um, in in a bit more, I'm not kind of changing the subject here at all. But obviously, in terms of the specific game against Sunderland, because I'm conscious that I went off on a rant and we've rightly discussed it. But um. In terms of the actual Sunderland game, what were your boys' opinions on the lap? I enjoyed him. He, he seemed to be, you know, that type of striker that we needed. He's pacey, he's tall. He was very energetic. He liked to bully defenders. He bullied Luke O'Neill quite a bit. 
uh, who's a centre midfielder playing centre back. But he also got hot headed at times, mm. and he he could have potentially even been double booked during yeah. the game. But I feel like that's him adapting to Championship life and giving trying a game to make or a point, two. Isn't he? Yeah, well, his dad's first team coach, isn't he as well? So he's probably trying to show to his dad that he's got it. And no, he he will be all right. He'll he'll get accustomed to the championship and hopefully he sorts out our situation. But it's the same with Gale. He's obviously had his chances, but they've been ruled out. We we've got a good attacking line. It's just the defense at the moment that's letting us down. I think. I dare say that we've got the best crop of strikers in the league. Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> Dwight, Dwight Gale's nothing to you know say. Oh, he's nothing. The lap, very very good. Campbell, when he's firing on all, all cylinders, brilliant. Jacob Brown doesn't stop running. And then Wright Phillips is an impact sub. Well, we've seen what he can do against Middlesbrough. I think what you you were saying there about the lap and that. Yeah. He, for me, is the reason why the manager won't get the sack. Not, not unless the fans really, really turn and there's you know, there is no sack, which I don't think they're that far away from doing. I'll be honest. But... <laughs> no, <laughs> they're not. They're not far off. If we lose at Blackburn, I can't imagine what it'll be like. But what I'm, all I'm thinking is, obviously, with you know, obviously, if you put Josh Lauren back in that side, Harry Suter back in that side, Nick Powell back in that side, um, Josh Tymon back in that side, even Harry Clark back in that side on the right hand, the right wing. It's like you put all those in, and now you've got Delap, and you've got Gale. It's like we've we we managed to get Fossey and, and Delap in, but it's like, well, you've got two nice things, so we're going to have to rule out two of your other players. I'm sorry <laughs> about that. <laughs> it, it, no, it's no, no, true. it's true. No, no, you can't have an ear full side. No, no, no. <laughs> we're stuck in the championship rut, aren't we? Yeah. I understand what, what you're saying about injuries as well, Dan. Right, and he keeps saying, "Oh, well, these ones are in, in game," but. Oh, I don't know. It just feels like are they really in-game injuries, or are we not managing them well? In, 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 you know, in training, and then they're going into a match week and, and getting hurt. It just it just seems like we are having ridiculous amounts of luck since since O'Neill came in. Uh, maybe it is complete just bad luck, and there's nothing more to it. Uh, it I don't know. We've got it every season, though, haven't we? Even before O'Neill, we've had it every season in the championship. The thing with ACLs is you can't. It doesn't matter how. Well, I, I say this as if I'm speaking as a doctor or something. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Daniel. Yeah, my my understanding of it is that it doesn't matter how much you've played or whatever, like how much or how little. An AC, if an ACL is going to happen, an ACL will happen. It's just one of those freak accident injuries. Where you've you know, you've planted your foot wrong or you've twisted the wrong way, you've got your stu- it's that that kind of injury. Do you know what I mean? It's not mm. it's not something where it's like oh well he's in the red zone he shouldn't have played today and his his hamstring's gone. It's not it that to ca- anyone an ACL can like any well, injury, but... ACL yeah I, I get that but I'm more referring to these other little niggling injuries that happens to the likes of you know. To, to to the clocks of this world and the suitors and the Lawrence and not suitors sorry that you know Timons and Co. Yeah, all these little niggling injuries that always well, kept coming up. The very the thing with those though we don't know what they are because they're very good. Yeah, at they don't. They don't release it, do they? 
<laughs> they don't release it now. He put it out as like, oh, a thigh injury, but is it really a muscle injury? Because yeah, and let's normally... not forget that um, what's his name, Powell got injured in his first preseason game, a preseason match that normally there's hardly any contact at all. It's behind so closed did, doors did... as well. So exactly, so get... did he get clattered or is he just pulled up because he played too soon? Apparently, according to somebody who was watching, uh, he he made a tackle. And he's he's put a tackle in, and he's basically I think he's he said like his studs have got caught kind of thing and it's jarred, jarred his knee kind of thing. Classic nit pal though, isn't it? He finds a way to injure himself no matter what. Yeah, the amount of money that guy's picked up from being injured is crazy. He's almost Andy Carroll-esque. If you had an accident at work, that wasn't your fault. <laughs> yeah, they're going to start doing claims on while well, on the pitch, aren't they? These players in the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, uh, were there any were there any positives that you took out of the weekend's defeat? Either of you? William uh, looked brilliant again. Sorry, Andy, what was that? Fossu looked brilliant again. There was times where, yeah. for example, Connor Taylor and Wilmot would ping it over to him. Think oh, that's going way over his head. That's going over, and then he'd somehow bring it down, carry on running. And to be fair, he's got a decent cross on him, and considering yeah. he's crossing it with his weak foot as well. You can't really ask for anyone better to, at the moment to be covering at that right wing back spot. But I think it'd be better for him to go on the left and then have Dehaney. Or uh, I know we haven't seen much of Sparrow how he's playing, but maybe just give him the experience at the moment at right wing back. I suppose one of them, though, if he's not got utmost confidence in him, is he going to risk, again, risking his job and putting someone like that in there who he it's, might it's... not think's good enough? He's not exactly play, played poor. I know he gave away, you know, that dodgy pass against Huddersfield that yeah. led to a goal. But otherwise, when he wants to run forward and when he has the, you know, gut to, he's a good player. I don't know. I get the feeling that obviously every time he's played, everyone said, you know, the general consensus from everyone watching is he's not positive enough. He's not confident on the ball enough. He looks scared, rabbit in the headlights. Definitely. And I think it might be sort of looking back with a bit of rose-tinted specs there, Andy, maybe just to say yeah. that he's fitted in well. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying we should give up on him by any stretch. He's just he's a young lad making his way in the game. He's not had any professional experience. He's not been out on loan, so he literally has been thrown in. You know, he's in a new position that he's only started playing in the last six months. And... He, he's also coming into a struggling side with a lot of pressure on them at the minute to get results. Yeah, so there's a lot of the factors which may affect his play, like you say. And then but, obviously with Josh Timing, sorry, with Josh Timing then out injured as well, that puts added pressure on him then yeah, because I get that. when Timing's playing, he's got the outlet of, well, they play down the left a lot, they're, they're creating down there, as long as I'm tight down here, it's good. All of a sudden, without time in there, especially if they're playing bloody Morgan Fox, <laughs> well, obviously Jordan Thompson isn't going to be doing the same things as um, as Josh Timing is. All of a sudden, then they're looking over to him and saying, "Well, we're going to be using you a lot more, and we're going to be relying on you. You, your role, all of a sudden, has become very different and very yeah. much more important in an I attacking think, sense." Yeah. I, I feel like when Dehaney has played at right wing back, he's still managed to get forward. And he's, that, that's he's been one of solid, those hasn't he? Yeah, he, he hasn't been great, mm. but he hasn't been poor. He's done the simple things right. Yeah, he's played the odd pass, you know, a bit astray. 
But like I've said for, you know, since time he got injured, put Fosu on that left side and put Dehaney on the right side. You've got a solid enough, you know, wing wing backs to say to just keep you going. And I know there's only a week of the transfer window going, which we'll get onto in a bit, but you know, where have we got to improve mainly is what we'll have to yeah. discuss. Well, I think uh, you're right, mate. I think let's just kind of sort of close this, close this up a little bit. But I think, yeah, Dehaney, um defensively, he's fine. It was always the criticism with him that he's got nothing going forward. And that I think that is a fair criticism. He's just not that type of player. It's not his fault. You know, it's just, he is who he is. So, yeah, for me, it would just fill that gap. Yeah, we wouldn't attack through there, but let's attack through the you know the quality we should have in midfield, you know, with, with, with Smallbone and Baker and, and people like that. Um, so let's try and use that outlet. And if we can find some outlet at left back or left wing back, whichever formation he's playing, then 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 so be it. But this is what I mean. He's on a but we haven't got a formation to play four at the back and or four four two or whatever. We haven't got the formation to play the wing backs either. So just make us solid, make us hard to beat, and then let's worry about the attacking side. Let Campbell, let Baker and Co. go and do the magic, pull something out of the out of the bag, and let's just sneak wins, one nil, whatever. But he he needs to change something. Um, but Dan, uh, just moving on very kind of quickly, mate. Uh, man of the match polls. Uh, I know that you were rife as always with them after the game, mate. So uh, do you want to give us an update on exactly who managed to secure man of the match? Yes, m- much against your better judgments that we do the uh, the man of the match polls, isn't it, mate? When we've had a bad performance. No, well, don't no, do it, no, please. No, not really. <laughs> M- Middlesbrough was the the one that I said not to do it. I think Sunderland deserved one. It just just wasn't going to be pretty. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go for it. Tell us tell us where the man of the match was, mate. Yes. So. Yeah, the, the actual results. Now, there was 423 votes for this, which I think possibly is a record for us. So that's really good. Um, so, giving you the ones, I mean, we've got none. That was added by somebody. Uh, Michael O'Neill, he got 1%. The ball. Did, did he vote himself? <laughs> Mitch Burks. Oh, I'm naming shame for voting for him. <laughs> Um, the ball, he was on there. The TV crew to film the circus. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, not, we're not quite. Uh, well, we're very lucky we haven't invited Amazon round, are we? <laughs> oh God, I'd, I'd be uh, interested to see what Michael O'Neill's like after a result like that, though. Um, Dave Wright says blonde program seller. Oh, okay. Didn't know if Eminem was selling any programs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, stewards for opening the gates early and letting us out. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, the referee's whistle. Fans for turning up. And then the good old man, Steward Bot9. He's, uh, he, he's put, that's two solid performances in a week he's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for the actual players who were in red and white out on the pitch, uh, the man of the match goes to Tariq Fossu, who got 40% of the overall vote. So well done, Tariq. And to just prove a point that you know we are uh, you know, the signings that are coming in are improving the side. Uh, Liam Delap was second with nineteen percent. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's got those two. Connor Taylor was then third. He got nine percent of the vote. Uh, Gavin Kilkenny got four percent, and then there's just ones, ones and zeros knocking around. 
All right, thanks, Dan. Appreciate the uh, the numbers, mate. So, yeah, Fosu, by the sounds of what Andy said as well, I think he'd agree with that. So, um, yeah, not bad at all. Uh, now, uh, we always like to try and get people's opinions, and people love giving us their opinions after the game. So, thanks to everybody who's done that. Um, again, just a few that have picked out, no, no particular order, they're just in the order they've come in. So, um, Paul Nanji, so playing 5 3 2 with no recognised wing backs makes no sense. We need to utilise the strengths within our squad, and players playing in their correct position is a good starting point. 4 3 3 will always give us a fighting chance, particularly with our forward line. Uh, ben Burgess, and this is something I'll open out to you guys before moving on, but something I wouldn't mind hearing your views on. Is it now a case of too much youth in the team? I know we all like young, exciting players, but it seems we don't have enough older players to organise us when we go behind. No one to pick the lads uh, lads' heads up, heads drop and mistakes happen. Pressure starts to build and the players go cagey. Just feel like Mikhail or Sawyers would have really gelled this team together so well. Guess we'll never know. So before we move on, have we got too much youth in the team? Yes. Yes. Uh, Would you like me to elaborate? Go for it, yeah. You can do. Right, okay. So, and this this is the reason why I feel Sean Dyche would not touch this club. You know, and everyone's basically saying, sat Michael O'Neill, bring in Sean Dyche. I think he is looking for a club like, he's really waiting for a Premier League club anyway. But if he was interested in a championship side, I don't think it'd be us. Um, he will look at that squad and we are full of 32 plus year old professionals coming to the end of their careers whether that be attackers like Gale or defenders like Flint and Jagielka and Fielding or we are 22 and under we do not have to, to, to be successful especially in the championship you need a core in your team who are 26 to 29, 26 to 30. Players who have got experience, who can go out there, who can give you a solid 7 out of 10 every week because they've got the experience, they know their job, they know their role, they're confident in their ability and they can do it. They trust themselves and you can trust them. But those players, and but they're also they're at their prime as well, so they aren't over the hill. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The problem they have with that is those players cost the most money, both in wages, because obviously a player's wage is going to peak at that time of their career, and also obviously fees if you're looking to bring them in from another club. And we just don't have that money. That is the reason why the squad is as it is. I There is no way that any manager would choose to have a squad that is this heavy on youth and the elder players are so... I mean, if you look, we've got, what, Loran, Baker, Powell. Is that it? Would you say... I can't think of many more. And the defence is... Jagielka's 40. In that 26 to twenty-six to 29 bracket, 29 to 25, 26 to 30, how many players have we actually got? Not Baker, many. Loran, Powell. Baker, Loran, Powell... And two uh, of them are injured at the Fox? minute. Fox. Fox 31, he, isn't he? No, he's 28. 28, So he just about sneaks in. Klukas uh, is too old. Klukas is 31. Um, yeah, so you, so you could possibly say Klukas, but then Klukas, uh, talking about man of the match ratings, Klukas has played a part in every game this year and is bottom in the whole for the whole squad 
in the in the one of the match ratings. I don't want to be harsh, but it's kind of deserved, isn't it? Yeah. So so, so so he's not pulling his weight on a performance level. Neither's Morgan Fox when he's playing. So actual people, the only one in the, who's actually fit and available in that side of the mate is Lewis Baker. So he is doing the job of I know he's got the captain's arm, man, but he's literally like the only one out there trying to account for everybody. Yeah. Not gonna happen. You need a you need you need four, five at least, and then you sprinkle your youth and your older heads around that. Okay, all right, fine. Um, no problems. I'll come back to you in a second on, on something else. Uh, so John Farrar, so it's a mess. No idea how it gets sorted. Mon in the departure lounge, no doubt. But who could they attract if you're left with no money to spend? Funny you should say that. Um, uh, Liam Mullen, so I think we played with good intent the first 44 minutes, then one direct ball, too easy, which is what we said earlier. First, it let us down when called upon. Second half was just half a yellow cards and time wasting. Didn't think we'd score watching second half. Kilkenny was brilliant. Um, BW and LD solid, poor overall. Dan Gator, uh, again, I mentioned the back three in the box on a goalkeeper inviting pressure. We sit far too deep. The formation clearly isn't working. No excuses for injuries. We can put a full team out of players who are more than good enough to get a win. Time for a change or relegation scrap. And then the last one is John Oldfield. I'm not being funny here, but first... Michael O'Neill said we deserved the point versus Middlesbrough when we were played off the park, and now he's talking about having no wingers available. I know Dan continues to make two passionate cases for, for Mon, <laughs> but it's becoming impossible now at this point. So, firstly, just very quickly, we don't go into any detail, we've spent enough time on this, but firstly, goalkeeper, we haven't much much about. Um, he's struggling for confidence by the looks of it. Yes or no, do we swap him for Bonham this yes. weekend? Dan? No. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna say divide. I'm gonna say yes. Um and John Oldfield's comment about you being too far in the Mon in camp. Now <laughs> we haven't really decided which side you're on right now. I think as I said, I'm half and I'm pretty much all the way out the door in, in that camp. So where are you, Dan? Is is it Mon in or Mon out as we stand right now? Would I sack him right now? No. Do I fear he is heading that way? Yes. So uh, no, I wouldn't sack him currently, but he desperately needs to change things around. And I do worry that a lack of flexibility with his formation is he's sort of, you know, yeah. signing his, his own, own P45, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly that, mate. Okay, cool. Well, we spent enough time on this misery, so uh, let's go and move on now. Let's talk transfer news, um, you know, youth and women's teams as well. Uh, so let's look ahead. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. 
let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay then, so transfer rumours, um, not again, not too much, but one that actually we commented on the last part of, of disappearing, uh, Matt Clark is back on the radar. Um, I'm not sure which which one of you uh, shared it actually earlier on, but um, I think it was some fan page that basically said that Matt Clark's done or pretty much done. Um, and we've, you know, obviously we've uh, fought off Millsborough uh, and then he's obviously going to sign. Now, I don't think any of us would, would reject that transfer. I think it'd be a gr- probably a, a solid signing for us, exactly what we need. Do you think it's just paper talk or do you think we're actually signing him on a permanent deal? Because for me, perm just sounds wrong. I think if we are going to sign him, if we sign him, then I'm happy that we draw a line on our summer transfers with that. If we, whatever budget we've got left, if that has been used on Matt Clark, then I'm happy with that. A left-footed centre-half, solid performer, done well in his last, what, four, three, four, five seasons? Four seasons, four players player of the year. There you go. So that tells you all you need to know, and that also tells you that's the kind of um, the kind of sort of character that we've been looking for to bring in that will improve us as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a little bit young, but a bit older than what we've got at the same time. I believe is he about twenty four? He's twenty four, twenty five. He's 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 a yeah. good player. But so he's heading of... towards that bracket that I was speaking about one. Yeah. He's closer than a lot of our players are to it, put it that way. It's, uh, it's... One of the more experienced players in the uh, in the ranks. Yeah. And I think that him, if you, if, you know, if you said to me that we've got a back three of Wilmot, Suter and, um, Clark. and Matt Clark, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you on that, obviously. Once the other Clark comes back from injury in time and at wing-backs, that doesn't seem too bad at all, in my opinion. With him, um, I think with a Tebow going out the door, maybe it frees up wages like we've said with transfers before. Maybe that's what we've had to wait for and maybe that's why it went quiet. But it could be also a case of with another transfer we're going to discuss of if Fox's departure happens as well. Well, I was going to say, because it was Swansea, Sunderland and Redinger after him, apparently. Yeah. They've clearly not seen the guy play recently. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, may, again, like you said, mate. Etebo, I don't know where he's going, to be honest. He was he's on going the train. somewhere in Spain, apparently. Okay, so uh, he was obviously Real getting a train down Valad- to the airport then. Valadoid or something like that? Uh, like mid-tier Spanish team. Permanently or on loan? On a permanent. Thank God. Okay, <laughs> fine. So, yeah, so there's some wages freed up. Obviously, Morgan Fox, I mean, yeah, we're probably very harsh on Morgan, uh, to be fair. But he's, he's, just, he's just not good enough, quite frankly. And it's not... It's nothing against the guy. I'm sure when he comes on, he tries his damnedest to to do well. Um, he's he's just he's just not the right level. So, uh, yeah, Swansea, Sunderland, and Reading. Good luck to you. Um, I think maybe he'll suit in well with their players, but he he just doesn't suit us. So I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed to see him go. Um, especially if it frees up the likes of Matt Clark to kind of come in as well. So. Okay, fair enough. Um, now, speaking of injury news, by the way, earlier on, uh, I saw a post here, I think from, I can't remember who it is now, Pete Smith, I think it was, Lewis Baker is a new addition to the injury table, apparently. I don't know whether he's just taking the mic, though, that's the problem. Yeah, it's hard to tell with him. The way he worded it, it could be either way. If that's the case, and he's injured, I, I give up. Um, either way, we've got a week, well, 
well, the time of recording this, we've got about six days before the match, but um, I'm hoping it was tongue-in-cheek. I'm hoping it was just nonsense, to be honest. Um, I've got a half feeling it might have been, but if they it was are. true, then so I'll give up. So his response was Lewis Baker, in brackets, rescuing player from Piano, rescuing player Piano from Burning House, is a new doubt for Stoke Street to Blackburn. And... I don't get the Burning House comment. It makes absolutely yeah. no sense. <laughs> And then um, Phil Bowers also put below it, Connor Taylor no longer available due to disappearing at the Bucknell mystery spot. <laughs> Jaggy Al- Alka out, claimed England's greatest prime minister and Pitt the elder. And then Bowers goes, Gale fit, but left out the squad, refusing to shave off non-existent sideburns. So I feel like it's a bit... Sem- old- did, you not, did you not watch the Simpsons episode? <laughs> no. No, nah, well, there's all those things happened in um, the... Nuclear power plants in the, in the Simpsons. Oh. He brought in a they brought in a load of baseball players who were ringers, and gave them jobs in the power plant just so they could win the baseball league. And then they all ended up like one of them ended up going into a house. To, it was, the house was on fire, so he went to rescue like the cat, the baby, and then she sent him back in for the cat. Then she sent him back in for the settee. Then the fridge. Then the, so he ended up like getting. That's why he couldn't play. And there was like. And obviously, then there was someone who was like, cheating them side buttons off. He's like, I'm going to side buttons. He's like, You're off the team. <laughs> it's like, so. It, you it, clearly it, watched a bit of this, haven't you, Dan? <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden. So I guess we've got to wait till Friday then to find out what Mike O'Neill says. Yeah, it's um, either it is either a partly yes, he's got a knock, and they're just using some of the Simpsons phrases to have a laugh, um, or it's just completely nonsense. But it, yeah. What I will say is, what I will say is with Baker, he went down in the first half. And he did. It was an innocuous off the ball one. It was, no, sorry, it wasn't quite off the ball. It was the ball had gone, and then there was sort of a collision one there, and he, he sort of banged sort of knees, and he sort of went down, and there was a bit of worry that he possibly wasn't going to get back up, but he managed to soldier on. So whether he's done something, and it's sort of once he's, you know, once he stopped moving, it's sort of flared up. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, once the adrenaline's sort of you know gone off, or whatever, then maybe that's the, the issue there. Okay, all right, fine. Um, and then let's move on as well. So, um, like I said we'd like to catch up with the women's uh, team as well. So the lovely Lou Roberts um, has been in touch as well with a bit of an update on what the last week uh, has looked like. So let's have a quick listen to what she's had to say as well. We made the short trip across the A50 for our game of the season against Loughborough, which was set up as a double header with Liverpool and West Ham playing before us. That was a great game to watch before we got onto the grass. I think coming into this fixture and stepping into the new season, we know how tough it's going to be. The league's really competitive at the moment. Everybody's recruited well, prepared well, had really good results in pre-season, so we're no fools to what we're letting ourselves in for. So I think that it was really important for us to get three points and off to a good start. We came out 3-0 winners with three really well-taken goals from Beth Roberts, Carver Jones and Rosie Axton and a penalty save from Liz Craven at 2-0, which was at a really crucial point in the game for us. I think if they'd have got the goal and it had gone to 2-1, that would have been a really difficult scenario towards the end of the game. Um, but thankfully, Liz was off the line, saved the penalty really well and then it went on to go to 3-0. An overall really comfortable performance for us to start the season. It was played in front of around 600 supporters, a lot of which had travelled east from Stoke to support the girls. So I'd just like to say a quick thank you to everyone that made the journey over. We now change our focus to this week. We begin preparing for Burnley and then we face Wolves midweek the following week. So it's a busy time for us, but one we're really, really looking forward to. Up the mighty potters. 
Lovely. Yes, Lou, thank you very much indeed, mate. It's always good to kind of catch up and see how things are going. I think I saw that Angela Smith is one of the, I think, I'm not quite remember what the actual title is now, but I know she's got a, a kind of a role with the women's team to try and improve the kind of, uh, you know, the media and the perception side, I think it is. I'm not quite sure the ins and outs of it, but uh, interesting to see how that goes as well. So, yeah, thanks again, Lou. No doubt we'll speak to you uh, once again on next week. Uh, Dan, uh, we move on nicely to the under-18s, under-21s, uh, etc. youth team. So how have things gone this week, mate? What's lined up? Got the good news first or the bad news? Let's go bad news first. Okay, so the bad news is the under-21s uh, followed up their opening day victory with a 3-0 defeat at home to Southampton on Friday night. Uh, the match was played at St George's Park. Um, we had Blondie in goal. He was probably the other one who's been around the first team. Much Eddie Jones played. Uh, possibly you could count him as another. Uh, but yeah, they were pretty much pretty much outplayed and out you know, beaten quite easily by Southampton. Um, they're going to look to bounce back from that. They've got a Middlesbrough away this Friday night with a 7pm kickoff. So if you're listening to this podcast on release day, you uh, that is news. If you're not, then match has already been played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, under 18 wise, uh, they actually continued their 100% start to the season. You know, they had that great comeback win against Leeds, didn't they, last yeah. week? Well, they beat Derby 1 0 away this week. Uh, Zane Rattry stepped off the bench on the hour mark and scored the, the winner a minute later. Um, so that's good. Good news for him. Uh, the team included uh, Tommy Simkin, obviously, England youth international goalkeeper. Uh, also had a loan spell at Hamley Town, didn't he, last year? At the, the grand old age of 16, they were getting him out into senior men's football as a keeper, which is always good. Yep. And uh, Mama Sadibi's son, Sol, was also playing as well. Good, uh, good. The, yeah, so the under-18s hope to make it three wins from three this weekend uh, when they go to Wolves, 11am kickoff on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Thank you, mate. Good luck to them. Be nice to keep uh, at least one of the teams have got a, a winning record. Um so, okay, well, we've done all the news. We've done the Sunderland preview. Uh, let's have a look at uh, this weekend's game. Okie dokie then. So, Blackburn away on Saturday. Um, I, mean, I think I think I'll let Dan go first last week, mate. So, uh, Andy, give us a bit of a rundown, mate. Let's have, let's have a listen to your uh, stats, travel news, etc., please. So, I've struggled with my normal stats, but I've gone back over the history of the games and... I've gotten some interesting facts for you. So we've played them in the championship, I believe, 30 times so far. On average, we have a higher ball possession of 52.4. The passes passes average, Blackburn have 422.8. We have 395.2. So very similar on the passing regards. For the whole game, there's a yellow cards average of 4.4. Uh, shots per game, there is 18.6 with six average on target, and there's an average of 9.4 corners per game. Um, our highest ever win has come on three separate occasions where we beat them 6 2, 4 0, and 5 1 in the old League Division 1 on the 31st of October 1903, the 14th of January 1905, and the 22nd of January 1923, respectively. And our highest defeat was an 8 0 thumping in the old League Division 1 on the 4th of January 1890. Now, with the travel update, it's the same one I've mentioned for a few games so far this season. It's the Oral Interchange, which is Junction 26, the M58, and Junction 21A of the M62 at the Croft Interchange. 
they are doing works for a smart motorway. Um, out of our allocation of 2,400 tickets, there's 22 left last time I checked. So if you want to get your tickets there for an adult, it is £25. If you're over 65, £20. A young adult, which is 18 to 23, is £15. 12 to 17 is £10 and a junior is £7. The coaches depart at 11 o'clock in the morning. But if you are going to catch trains, the earliest train out is at 5 past 7, which is Stoke-on-Trent to Crewe, then to Preston and to Blackburn. If you want to get there for around about half an hour, an hour before the game, get our 12.24 from Stoke to Manchester Piccadilly, then to Bolton, then to Blackburn. Your first train back, realistically, is at 18.22, which is Blackburn, Preston, Crewe, and then to Stoke. And then the last train back home will be Blackburn, Preston, Crew, and then to Stoke. Nice work, mate. Excellent effort that is. I, I do, lo- I do love the uh, the travel news bit. You know, you really go to town on your routes and all that business, mate. So it, it, it takes longer than people think. Um, <laughs> I bet it does. It, it's one of them. I've started going on to Trainline more because I was looking on, you know, how you can go on Google and it goes, oh yeah, go by train. But half yeah. of them have got like bus routes from like Blackburn to Bolton. I'm thinking. You know, if you've gone to the football and you've had a few drinks, I don't think that's what you really want to do. <laughs> yeah, who wants to get on a buzz? Yeah, no, exactly, mate. But no, um, absolutely uh, brilliant effort uh, on that one. Really good. Um, and I mean, one thing I will just jump in, then we'll come back to, to Dan with some of his stats. But um, I thought it'd be useful to go and actually listen to the opposition's audio. So as always, we'd like to try and bring in some uh, audio from the op- opposition side. So Dan from the Rovers chat. Um, so he's been in touch as well with his thoughts ahead of this weekend. Hi, it's Dan from Rovers chat here. Just uh, checking in ahead of Saturday's game at Ewa Park between Rovers and Stoke. In terms of the season so far, I mean, it's kind of gone how we expected, but not in the order we expected. So, you know, we got nine points, but we've played we played the first three, won the first three, and then we kind of lost the last two, three, and then it's kind of brought us back down to earth, you know, being from the top of the league to, even though it's only fourth or fifth, obviously, losing two in a row and losing a three now is disappointing, especially at a game we thought we'd win at Reading. I think that Rovers' season... We kind of expected an up-and-down season, but we expected it more game-by-game, game, whereas this has been three really good performances and three deserved wins to two games that we very much deserve to lose, and I think that's making us a bit wary about how Saturday will go. In terms of how we play, the games we've won, we've let the other team kind of have the ball a bit more and just press them at certain times and go and win the game off that. I've noticed that especially Swansea, where we all know our Russell Martin players and we kind of let him play that football, made them have shots from a long range and then, you know, we just switched the press on at one point and in a nice way, we obliterated them really. But, you know, the, obviously the two losses have seen us quite tired. We kind of tried the same at Sheffield United and it was working and Sheffield United go and score a second goal and then you push for a third, uh, you push for a, to pull one back and they go and score a third, so... I think we'll try and press, but being at home, there's that bit of extra expectation on you, isn't there? We're still unbeaten at home, one both game, so I assume that's, you know, confidence at home and the home backing, obviously, but we'll have to wait and see. Plays took out for Brereton Diaz. You know, he's the big talk of everyone this summer. Everton are being linked with him at the moment and it kind of looks like they'll get him with a goal of money, so... I think he will play, but it'll probably be the last game for us. You'll probably see by the reception he gets, but... I think he's obviously one to watch if he plays. 
Bradley Dak, you know, everyone knows about him. He's had a few injuries, but this um, this midweek, sorry, we won in the cup at Bradford and he was class and I won't be surprised if he started him. In the midfield, John Buckley, academy lad. I don't think too many people have heard of him, but he's kind of like a, a passing player in the midfield. He just sits deep, wins the ball, plays it out wide, does the easy stuff, but he does it well and he helps the club get forward. He helps the team move forward and he helps basically... With him and Lewis Travis in the midfield, we're a much more solid outfit. So as long as them two are starting, I'm pretty confident. And Danny Ayala at the back, everyone knows about him in the Championship. Had injury issues, but he's been good for us so far this season. So he's another one to watch out for. Score prediction, the thing I don't like doing, but you know, you'll know you see that we do it on our previews as well as an hour. We say it, but I'll go for 2-1 Rovers. I don't think Stoke are any pushovers at all. I just feel that... We're going to win a lot of the home games this year and that's what's going to get us you know, into that 12th, 15th position where we're kind of expecting that mid-table. So we'll see what happens, but who knows. But good luck to the, for the season, except for Saturday, of course, and the reverse fixture. And, you know, we'll see how it all goes. OK, lovely. Dan, thank you very much uh, for the audio. Always appreciated, mate. Let's see how things pan out this weekend hopefully a win on the cards and speaking of dan's let's go to our other dan uh, who is now ready with his stats so let's see if you can show andy up mate well i'm going to start with a very positive stat i think we're in need of some positive stats are we right now <laughs> yeah so the last seven results at blackburn dating back to 2009 2010 season we have zero defeats Woo. four wins three draws in them seven games, we've only conceded two goals as well. Mm. Yes, the last time we were defeated at Ewood Park was in 2008-9 season, so our first season in the Premier League, when I believe from memory, and this is just from memory, an Ibrahima Sonko masterclass saw us get battered 3-0. That was where Muniesa was running back, wasn't it? To, oh, I'm thinking of a different one, actually, now, if you say first yeah. season. I think that what you're thinking of there is the FA Cup game. Ah, the FA Cup game, yes. I thought it couldn't have been first season in Munyasa then, could it? Uh, Yeah, so... Which, which, tragically, turned out to be Andy Wilkinson's final game as well. That's where he got the concussion that ended his career in that match. Yeah. But yes, I think think it was the the day that Tony Pulis realised that Sonko wasn't really an option. If I remember right, <laughs> that 3-0 defeat. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so very positive, very positive recent results at Ewood Park, including the 1-0 win they had last year, or was it 0-0, Andy? <laughs> last year was a 1-0, and I would have, you know, not seen the I, goal. I was going to say, are, are you sure it was 1-0? It was 0-0. I'm, 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 it was 0-0 when I got there, two seconds later, <laughs> I turn around. But the main thing is I'm not driving to this one. So I know I'm going to get the full 90 minutes. It was like Accrington. That was nil-nil when we were there too. <laughs> it was nil-nil when we got there. By the time we got on the ground, it was 2-0. <laughs> then, then we never saw a goal after. Uh, other stats that we've got. Uh, we've got four points from five games, which is, isn't is very good. <laughs> it's, it's six less than we had after five games last season. And the, we've lost three of our first five games for only the fifth time this century. Now, when you consider that the other three were in the Premier League, when you would expect us to be losing more games, wouldn't you, essentially? Mm -hmm. Um, 
And the other one was the Nathan Jones season where he the season that he started. And obviously that didn't he didn't last much longer after that, did he? So <clears throat> that's not a very good omen there for Michael O'Neill. If you want if you do want a positive stat about our actual start to the season, we are, even though we only have four points, we are still one point better off than the corresponding fixtures last season. So yeah, we we've, we've still actually gained a point more than we did in the same games last year. Although we, with us beating Blackburn, any result other than a win on Saturday means that even that statistic then becomes a negative. Really scraping the barrel there, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love the positivity That's though, mate. That is. Uh, I, I, uh, I mean, fair enough. Uh, we try to be balanced, but we're, we're literally making stats work for us there. I think. Uh, so th- thanks for that one, mate. Um, Okay, so uh, speaking of um, predictions as well, so uh, a certain Mr. Graham McGarry. Uh, so we went 1-0 uh, versus Sunderland, but unfortunately he went 1-0 the wrong way. Uh, so, uh, yeah, got the scoreline wrong. Uh, sorry, got the scoreline right, uh, but the wrong way around. So uh, actually, what, what I will point out is um, he was a little bit closer than uh, yourself, Dan, and, and you, Andy. Uh, I, I think I was the one who went, uh, I think, 2-1 or 1-0 defeat, I think, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I'm, either way, I'm going to claim it. Um, so, yeah, let's see what Graham's prediction is for this week as well. Hello there, you positive predictors. This is Graham McGarry trying to get it right. It hasn't been too good of a start to the season for the predictions or the team itself either. That one point from the last two home games hasn't gone down well with the frustrated home fans, the frustrated players, manager and boardroom as well. So as they go on the road up the motorway to Blackburn Rovers, can the pressure be off and can Stoke finally put some good football together and finally get some goals and some points on the board? Never easy. Blackburn themselves have just had a couple of dips. They started the season like a house on fire. They have a new manager and they'll be hoping that they can get back on winning ways. Tight game. Don't like saying it, but I fancy Blackburn Rovers to edge it. One goal to nil. Lovely. Cheers, Graham. So, yeah, one nil Blackburn predicted. Uh, I think you've been quite generous. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm skipping ahead, but I'm going to go for a 2-1 defeat. Uh, anyway. You, you actually, Michael, said 1-1 uh, oh, the Sunderland game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I told you I said 1-0. Um, you're, you're talking to somebody who keeps a log of these things. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should know better, really, shouldn't I? Uh, yeah, so... Anyway, uh, since I've already kind of given you my um, my prediction of a, a two-one loss, so I can officially write that down, mate. Two-one loss. So Martin um, for two-one loss. Yes, yeah, two-one yeah. loss. Unfortunately, now I'm trying to be a little bit more positive thinking with my team, so I'm going four-three-three, which is probably not what you should do away from home. But anyway, so yes, um, at the at the back, I've gone Fox at left back. I've got Wilmot and Taylor in the middle, and I've got Fosu on the right. I've then got a mid three of so middle three of Baker, Smallbone, and Thompson. I do not want to see a Klukas there, so I want Thompson in the middle alongside those. We've then got Jacob Brown on the right of the three. We've got Delap obviously um, in the middle, and then for the left side, I've gone for Wright Phillips. So that's my team. And oh, sorry, I should say. Jack Bonham is going in goal. So, that's my team. Silence is great. It means that you're shocked. Uh, Andy, what's your team and prediction, mate? So, I'm going to be a bit more hopeful, considering with 
how Blackburn have been playing. They've not scored a goal in two games, but conceded six. And we've obviously managed to score two, but we did concede three, which means technically we're still the better team on paper. Now, I'm sticking with a three back, but it's not the three five two or the five three two. However, you want to see it. it's a three four three, which I feel like could work. So I'm putting Bonham and goal. I'm having Taylor, Jagielka, and Wilmot. But if Matt Clark has signed, I would like a back three of Wilmot, Jagielka, and Clark. Okay. Um. Right midfielder and left midfielders. Uh, on the left, it's Fossu and Smallbone on the right. Two centre midfielders to keep it nice and balanced are Baker and Thompson. On the left, Jacob Brown. On the right, Tyrese Campbell. And at striker, Liam Delap. Mm, okay, interesting. Quite, it's, quite a bit It's different. a lot more positive than what yeah. we've been playing. It is, and he is done to make it even more positive now. <laughs> He's going to go six up front. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what's your prediction, mate? Really fantastic, mate. Right? I've, I've shocked him too much. I was coughing, sorry. Didn't want to hear that, did you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've sort of gone with a 4-2-3-1 formation because I'm going to give you the formation that I want us to be played, not what I think we're going to be playing. Because, yeah. quite frankly, I can't make five at the back work. <laughs> I, I will just say something. He's not going to play anything other than a five at the back, though. No, he's not. It's just strange um, you mentioned you can't make the back five work. Neither can he. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm keeping Joe Bursic in goal. Mm. All that. I think he made a mistake, and but he did get, like, he did win man a match, like, three days earlier against Middlesbrough. So I know you were a bit sceptical about that sort of <laughs> very at the time, but he did actually get that. So it's funny how people like you know just turn on <laughs> in three days, <laughs> go from he's, he what he won man of the match, and then the following game he was he's been crap all season. Like what? <laughs> anyway, he 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 retains his place for now in goal. Uh, we have back four: Will Mott at right back. Jagielka and Taylor in the middle. The thought process being that if Jagielka does get caught out, he has people around him in Wilmot and Taylor who are quick enough to cover. And he can also sort of drop those couple of yards and Wilmot can come inside. You know, if, if there's any long balls forward, you know, obviously I know you like centre halves and the defending long balls sort of, you know, one goes, one drops, something all that. So he can do the dropping and Wilmot can sort of just step inside a little bit in that instance. Uh, Fosu is retaining his place. He's going to be playing left back. And if there's any attacking coming from the defence, it is going to be via him. Wilmot is tasked with staying back and being solid. Okay. (laughs) Midfield, Lewis Baker and Jordan Thompson. Again, I'm not looking for too much attacking intent from them. I want them to protect that defence and make sure that we are solid. Yeah, both yep. of them. Both of them can uh, get around the pitch a bit. Both of them can pick a pass. So their job is to feed Jacob Brown and Tyrese Campbell on the wings. Will Smallbone in the middle, playing behind Liam Delap. Okay. 
Okay, so to... me and you, Dan, have gone very similar. With very similar, yeah. Pretty much all the players. We've got, you know, same players, and they're going to be feeding all the same way, like you mentioned. So, um, I will say that if we do sign Matt Clark, similar to yourself, Andy, as well, he would come into my team. I would probably, in that instance, move Taylor to the right side of it Jackie Alka would be the one to drop out, I think. Yeah, he, he would have to, wouldn't he? Um, yeah. Because Matt Clark's got quite a bit of pace about him. Interesting. I like, I like the positivity. I mean, t- technically, we've all gone positive. I mean, I've gone 4-3-3, so that's, that's pretty positive. Um, so, yeah, we've gone for a positive formation of team, but a negative result for me. So, OK, fine. Um, have I got your score predictions? I can't remember. Yeah, I've not you, did not. you don't care once you've got your own. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, mate. I couldn't give a crap, to, what, to be honest, but go on. <laughs> I'm going to say we are going to draw 1-1. Okay, Andy? So, when I've said 2-1 to Stoke. So, win-loss and a draw. It's your 2-1 win and 2-1 loss, Dan's 1-1. Okay, interesting. No problems. Uh, Next week, Dan, can you please prepare a prediction table update for us, please, mate, so we can see who's bottom of the league? Probably me, but... Um, I can can provide... I'm looking at it right now if you want it. it. Yeah, why not? I'd like to see I'm bottom. Go on. Uh, so, in re- would you like to see them in reverse order? Uh, no, start at the top. No. no, start at the top. So we have six. We have six people in this group. There's us three, McGarry, opposition. <laughs> so whoever the opposition person is who comes on the pod, and the Facebook group, uh, because obviously we can put all the results on there, and then they can choose which one they want. Whichever one gets the most votes for score. Um, we use that Twitter. We would use you, but you only let us have four people in a poll, and there's not enough. We need more than more than four scores. This isn't the uh, Tony Pugh's binary season, you know. There are more <laughs> possibilities than four different scores. So, so so far in first place, leading the way is Andy. In joint second place, we have the opposition. The Facebook group and myself all on seven points. <laughs> and then bottom is Mystic McGarry, who has lost his touch, and you, Michael, with two points. Mike is bottom of the league. Say Mike is bottom of the league. I will say this though. The the follow the last four games have been Morecambe, Huddersfield, Middlesbrough, and Sunderland. Nobody, not even the opposition, in games they've won. <laughs> I've got anything from any of those games. Wow. <laughs> all so it's, points it's very scored, early. All points were scored, Millwall away and Blackpool at home. Well. Okay. <laughs> hmm. All right. Thank you, mate. That's, that's really good to know. I, I'm, I'm exactly where I expected to be, in fairness. Um, now, anyway, um, this is where I can claim a little bit more success, although I'm still rubbish. Uh, Super 6 update. So, uh, top of the table this week, Lee Davies and Carl Warburton, both with 35 points. Starting to create a tiny gap. Um, I think, I can't remember now, it's uh, some, some shuffle bottom. I can't remember what his first name is, sorry, off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I know you were third and you kind of dropped to a considerable distance, so you need to, to get that well, one Paul, back up. The poor lads just had flashbacks to when he was at school. Shuffle bottom. <laughs> yeah. so, so, sorry about that, but yeah, so um, yeah, you, you, you'll be back up there so, uh, soon enough. You've been there for weeks. Um, but anyway, uh, in terms of us three, so in 
order of Andy, this is a common theme, mate. So you are top of the little mini table between us three. So Andy, you're thirty second place, mate, on twenty four points. To be fair, Not I got ten shabby. this week, so you did, you did. Hey mate, every week Not you've bad. got a chance to change it, so you'll take it. Yeah, um, I have a maximum of thirty to get, so second, I'm sixty sixth. <laughs> from a hundred, from a hundred, yeah, it is, isn't it? From a hundred um, and six, so that's nineteen points for me. And How many just did to, I get this week? You, <laughs> I don't know, probably, probably none, mate. But you are ninety fifth <laughs> on fourteen points. You're ninety fifth out of hundred and six. You couldn't really be much worse. I'm right, sure the right. only person who's below you is probably hasn't done one at all. You're technically <laughs> in the conference leagues, Dan. Why? Why am I? Why am I? Why didn't you get any points this week? <laughs> I wonder why. Did you forget? Possibly, maybe. Yeah. Well, this is why I set a calendar reminder. Set reminders. Phone, Come on, pull your finger out. Um. Anyway, probably in a bit more of a positive news, Dan. Uh, Gaffer, I'm pretty confident you're above me and Andy at this point. You're flying away, Dan. You're like twentieth. I am indeed. So, the first place has been taken by Steve Bruce. Brucey's got up there. West Brom Gaffer, top of the league in the Gaffer table, 344 points. Uh, second place, Joe Williams. So he's led the way, anti Joe, the last couple of weeks. He's yeah. now dropped into second. Ooh. He's only in 335, though, so you know he's only nine points behind. Come on then, Joe. And we it... haven't had that tweet, have we, this week? Oh, I'm top of the league. I'm top of the league. Haven't said that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's going to tweet, Steve Bruce is. Uh... <laughs> um, Third place, Gaffer Tipsters. So they got 324. Uh, so that must be something to do with the league, I would imagine. <laughs> Somebody, it's be someone who runs the thing, aren't it? Yeah. So they, uh, they know, they are what they're doing. 224 points, third place. Uh, but yes, between us three, Mike, you're in 37th. That's a big Andy, increase, mate. Andy, you're in 36th. <laughs> And I am flying away, as you said, in 20th. So at least I'm doing good in something. Yeah, I did remember to do this as well, but only 20 minutes before the cutoff point when I went, oh, no, crap, I need to do it now. <laughs> well, I'm just like to say that I was, what, 53rd out of 56 or something, I think it was the other week. So for me to jump up there, I was really happy. I was actually 32nd at one point. I, was I really mean, I was running 5th at one point last week. And now yeah. I'm 36. I've had a stinker. I really I think have. It did help that Stuart, I think, scored for Sunderland. So um, <laughs> I, it, that, that did help me on points. So there's always a positive side to losing, I suppose. The Loch Ness um, Drogba. <laughs> yeah, Loch Ness Drogba. I like that. Love it. Um, yeah, great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, cracking name. Uh, right. So, Dan, are we doing a quiz this week or are we leaving it? I don't know how long this pod has been so far, but are, are, we, are we doing a quiz? We are doing a quiz because you keep wheedling out of it. Uh, can I just say, though, that Blackburn, obviously, before we move on to the quiz, last week they played Sheffield United, and I, at this point, probably think Sheffield United are going to win this league. I don't know if you two agree with that. They're nope. doing brilliantly. Well, I don't think they're going to win it. And have you seen the stats from that game? I have not. So Sheffield United beat Blackburn 3-0 on Saturday. They had 23 shots to Blackburn's three. 10 on target to Blackburn's none, 11 corners to Blackburn's four, and the, the Blackburn keeper made seven saves. Obviously, Sheffield United keeper didn't have to make one. 
And you just think, I mean, the possession was quite equal, 55 to 45% in Sheffield United's favour. Uh, 70 dangerous attacks from Sheffield United. 16, 16 from Blackburn. Wow. So I don't think they had the best of games last week. <laughs> so take of that what you will. Do you think that's well, not only that, they lost 3-0 to Reading. Reading. They did so, week. They have more possession than is, them. We're facing a team who need a win. I hope we've heard that one. Oh, we did that recently, for we? <laughs> where someone well, went for three-one, and well, well, happened? you say you say that, but before those two games, they were actually top of the league with a one hundred percent record from those three games, where they only conceded once. So they're not. We are much more in need of a win than they are. <laughs> Let me tell you. They beat West Brom 2-1, they beat Swansea 3-0, they beat QPR 1-0, and they beat Hartlepool 4-0 in the Cup. And then it's all gone tits up in the last week. So I don't I don't really know what's changed, to be honest. Look, I mean, looking at how they line up, they seem to yeah, they, they seem to be playing a 4-2-3-1. And Brayton Diaz is playing off the left wing. So yeah, that's a problem because he's normally playing striker last season. Yeah, somebody named Jack Vale is playing up front, so I think he's destined to score against us, isn't he? Um, Just a bit. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, he's been playing up front, and like I said, Briat and Diaz been on the left. So whoever does play on the right hand side for us may have their hands full. It may uh, Fosu may uh, yeah Fosu and Wilmot if we stick with this back five. Yes, good luck to those people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's move sort of move into the uh, the quiz now. Are you ready for this? It's just a short one today. It's, Go on. You've said tis, that tis before, Daniel. Past midnight. <laughs> you have said it's a short quiz before. You're yeah, not allowed to complain. Later. Not allowed to complain about the time. Stop it. <laughs> we can complain about Stop the time, it. Daniel. When you've got 17 quiz questions to ask us. Right, so... Liam Delap signed for Stoke City last week. I don't know if you heard the news. Oh, <laughs> oh did he? Did you see him play? I don't know if you did. Yes. He got second in the man of the match poll, by the way. So, Delap signed from Manchester City. Now, mm-hmm. we seem to be developing a bit of a um, relationship with Manchester City, don't we, at the minute? Uh, they're trusting us with players, and we are getting players from them, youngsters mainly. There have been five other players who have joined Stoke from Manchester City since January 2014. Can you remember which five players have come from Manchester City to Stoke? I will think I'm not including Ryan Corrigan because he never played a game for the club. I thought it might be a bit harsh. So these players have all played games for the first team. Howard Bellis last season. Okay. Correct. That one's an easy one. But then that's where you think, oh, who? Who have we? He was the most recent signing before the lap. Question. Wilfred Bonney played for City and Swansea, but who did we get him on loan from? Swansea, wasn't it? it was it? Because he went to Man City for a Mind season, you, didn't no, do well. No, it wouldn't then... have been because he scored. I think we, I think we beat him two one, and he scored against one. Yeah, so there's so... no way he would have been able to play a loan so, from him. That's Wilfred Bonny. 
Wilfred Bonney cool. yeah. was signed from Manchester City 30th of June 2017. Very good. Oh, he is the second furthest away in this. There's only one player signed before him, which was, in fact, the dates I gave you at the start, which I'm not going to repeat. You said 2014. There's three left. 2014, you said, was the last Stop one. Googling, Andy. That's why I didn't give you the dates. I'm not. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> hey, you're going right what, before what, po- what positions are we talking? I was just going to say, would you like a clue of what position they play? They're all, yeah. three of, all three of them are attackers. Okay. There's one uh, which is coming to my mind. He played for Celta Vigo afterwards. Swedish. John Gadetti? Oh, Gadetti. Andy, when he signed in January 2014, how old were you? <laughs> I'm trying to think what FIFA this would have been. <laughs> So it would have been FIFA 14 when I started playing my FIFA career mode. And I remember using him and he was a baller. He was a baller in his youth. He came to Stoke more looking like a ball rather than being a baller. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a bit crap, wasn't he? But, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm very much very much amazed that you managed to get that, Andy. So, so I don't know anymore. I really to... don't know anymore. Mm. It's almost mm. like he's got Google to hand. It is, isn't it? It's almost like he's got Stoke City transfers. See, I'm, I'm at the highest. Trans- I'm at the highest of the predictions leaderboard, and you don't trust me. I see how it is. Right. Anyway, there's you? two more players to get yet. Come on, this is why your quizzes take forever. They're like the ones that I know have scored against them, rather than actually have come on loan for. Strikers we've bought in from Man City. We're not counting academy players, are we? These are players who have played for Stoke City's first. Tyrese team. Campbell. Well, Tyrese, yeah. Tyrese Campbell, hoorah. DeMarjo Wright Phillips. Yes. Here we go. I thought, I thought they were too obvious to say. I thought they were. <laughs> once you never once too once obvious. stated, oh, they played for the first team, I was like, you sorted okay. that one out. I mean, so is this last one then along the same lines? No, like, you've got them both. Tyrese right? Campbell, Demarjo oh, Wright. Oh, sorry, I thought it was one Tyrese more. Campbell, okay. Demarjo Wright, Phillips, John Gadetti. Yeah. So, Wilfred Bonnie. Was John Gadetti, who Andy had to stare at and think, <laughs> how do I pronounce this name? No, I know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Wilfred Bonnie, 2017. Then Tyrese Campbell. Then Demarjo Wright, Phillips last last year, last February. Uh, Taylor Howard Bally's January of this year. And Liam lap of just about eight days ago. Okay. That was a a really decent one, actually. A nice, quick, a nice, quick one. Yes. When someone's played FIFA at a young age, they remember every flag and every player they've ever used. Fine. Um, I mean, we're kind of not doing a versus anymore. This is kind of me and you working together, which I think is the best thing to do because. Or else we will be here forever. And we will be there for too long. So, um, Daniel. Thank you for, for sorting that out, mate. Um, is there anything else? Because this has probably been quite a long pod now thinking about it. But is there anything else that anybody wants to uh, discuss before we, we say goodbye? No, not particularly. It's been been pretty decent, I think. It's been nice to sort of review Sunderland in a way, get some things off our chest. But yeah, it's not been too bad. Let's just hope we can find a win this weekend. So, um, 
Andy, Dan, thank you as always, boys. Always good to speak to you. Hopefully, we'll be speaking in a bit more of a positive light come the next one. Uh, but yeah, obviously, uh, by the time this comes out, you'll be listening to this probably on Friday or Saturday, potentially, depending on when you when you listen. But uh, there will be uh, a another pod released on Monday because obviously we have Swansea. Uh, on I think at the Wednesday so um, thank you to everyone who's been listening Um, carry on listening, carry on subscribing etc and we will see you all very very soon The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends we might not always feel as confident That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.